Welcome to Small Batch, where we explore the truths and myths of being an entrepreneur in the insanely competitive food and beverage industry. I'm Lauren Rhodes, the kombucha lady. I'm Paul Bonds, the country fried coffee roaster. And I'm Matthew McLaughlin, the beer lawyer. Welcome back to another episode. How's everybody doing? Been good. Been busy. Good busy. Busy with business is good, right? Yeah, I've... (laughs) It is good. It can be good. That's right. Yeah. I'd rather be busy. I don't want to be the Maytag, Productive. Not, not, not work, especially. Yeah, productive, busy, not busy for the sake of being busy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I can get all that. Have you been taking care of yourself, Paul? Man, I am feeling fine. Bubble baths? Meditation, bath bombs, mimosas. Nice. I'm feeling good. Sounds like an episode of Sex and the City. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I need to come to work with you. <laughs> <laughs> I, the pay might, be as, might not be as good as I do. So. <laughs> I have a question for you guys. Has anyone ever asked you if they can pick your brain? Yes. What's left of it? Yes. <laughs> yes. Let's just start it. Where did that come from anyway? Pick your brain. I don't know, but it, the way it sounds is a little bit disturbing mm-hmm. and it just gives me a weird feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think as entrepreneurs and people with, a, you know, people with subject matter expertise, yes. we, people get asked to have their brains picked a lot. And I personally have benefited from picking other people's brains, Mm -hmm. but sometimes there's a line. Yes. And I think, especially in the food and beverage industry, it's something that we come across a lot. Yeah. Yes. I've been asked many times to let me uh, pick your brain. While I can understand kind of like where I started to like trying to figure out what do I want to do and how I want to do it, having a resource there is great. It's also can be consuming and um, can uh, sometimes be a little bit irritating, if I can say that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's a fine line. I mean, we've all benefited from mentorship and having someone there or multiple people there to bounce ideas and ask questions of. But at the same time, you got to be mindful and respectful of boundaries. Mm -hmm. And those boundaries can be asking inappropriate questions. So questions that may be proprietary to your particular business that you can't and should not talk about. They can be time boundaries, you know, like being mindful of somebody else's time and understanding that that time comes at a cost. So it is a fine line. I think we all want to try to kind of pay it forward and help people in any way that we can. But at the same time, you got to be careful. Yeah. If someone asked me for advice or something like that, uh, you know, like five minutes worth of advice. That's fine. Mm-hmm. I get that. But to walk up to somebody yeah. and say, I want to do what you're doing. Can you tell me exactly mm-hmm. how to get from where I'm at right now to doing what you're doing for free? And that's when it's like, okay, you went too damn far. <laughs> it's like, hey, I don't mind helping you out, but it's been times where I've been asked about stuff in the past and I'm getting multiple calls about, should I do this? Or should I do that? And should I do this? And should I do that? Mm-hmm. And it's just still from like, I'm sort of doing this from a friendly manner. Mm-hmm. And you start edging up on like consulting because that's a whole different thing, right? Yeah. You can pop into a doctor's office and ask them for like a five second question. If you get the doctor, you show up at the doctor's office like five or six times, they're going to schedule an appointment, AKA they're going to charge you. And that's just sort of a reality. But to pick a brain does not mean pick your brain and you're going to get the advice that you want to hear in the time that you want to hear it. 
So that's where I run into like some issues with it. Like tell me what to do. There's been times in the past where if I didn't get back to this person in like a quick manner, there's like a it's like almost like some offense taken. It's not about taking offense. It's like I'm like doing you a favor. This is friendly, right? Well, sometimes friends don't get back to you in a timely manner. You kind of you might hear some a little aggression to me like well, this has happened like once or twice before. Yeah. And I, it's funny because I think back when I was first starting my business, I, I do think it all comes down to relationships mm-hmm. is like, do you have a relationship with someone that's there or are you just immediately like contacting them in order to use them? When I was first starting, there was no one else in the state who was brewing kombucha commercially and selling sauerkraut commercially. And so I was doing, you know, internet research as one does, see mm-hmm. see who else is out there in the world doing something similar. And I came across a wonderful company who had been in business for two, maybe three years in Alabama. And I reached out to them, sent a nice email, said, I totally understand that you'll, you're probably busy, but I just have a couple of questions if you don't mind. And to be honest, looking back now, I can't believe that they actually answered me because that's extremely that's going above and beyond Mm -hmm. but in turn it's a small industry the fermentation industry at least especially when you're talking about on a local level and there have been times when people from different parts of the country have like asked me a specific question like what type of labels are you using and like where can i get those Mm -hmm. that i'm happy because we have like a rapport we follow each other on instagram i'm sure i would need help from them at some other point like i'll answer a question yeah but for someone to just send you know, an email out of the blue asking how you set up a commercial kombucha kitchen and like expect me to sit down and spend an hour typing an email in response. Like mm-hmm. that and made by, me angry. And by the bit. way, not only am I, can you help me with open it, but I'm going to open it two blocks down from where you at right now. <laughs> okay, Paul, can you tell us what happened? Because I feel like there. Yeah, there's a story. Yeah. Here. I don't want to share the story because I'm going to piss some people off and I'm kind of getting a little heated even thinking about it. <laughs> but it's it's not happened like that before with, with um, I had a person who was like looking at doing like a uh, coffee business and was basically like want me to tell them from A to Z on how to get this thing open. And by the way, they're going to be kind of within my geographical area doing it. No, we're not. We're not going there. If you go do it, you do it. You do it the hard way. But I'm not finna sit here and give you the map on how to take um, basically take money out my mm-hmm. out of my uh, wallet. Yeah, now, so that's that's a hard way of saying it, but it's like it's the truth. And so, when you're in Mississippi, and we've talked about this before on this podcast, this is a very very tiny market. Yeah, it is very tiny. The people that can afford to buy the products that like I sell and you sell is pretty tiny. And so it's like if you're going to to do that again, if it's somebody that's in Seattle, or even if they're in Alabama, it's probably a pretty good shot that we're not going to cross paths with the same customers. But I am not going to tell you what to do right down the road from me. But even if they were in Seattle, you I don't know, that just seems like crossing some line. If you're creating a business in the mm-hmm. same geographical area as a competitor, mm-hmm. be still, mindful. Yeah, there's a certain amount of distance to where it's cool at, right? Yeah. So, Because I've gotten advice from people out of California. Mm-hmm. It's they're a not problem. threatened by you in Mississippi. They're not threatened by me, and... and, and so they're they're open, and I've given advice to people who are looking at doing something out area too. But when it's something like right down the street, I'm just not going. I don't feel the same about it. Mm-hmm. And thinking about my path too, to kind of got to where I was even at at that time, it was all 
kind of growing up, my mom told me like two things. She says two ways you can learn things. There's either like learn sense or both sense. Learn sense is like you go to college, you pay for a class, you learn it there, you learn what to do and what not to do. That's like learn sense, right? You learn from a professor. Then it's both sense. Both sense is like you go out, you try some. If you fail, it costs you. You learn like that. Sometimes people might refer to it as like a stupid tax, right? You go do <laughs> something, you go give it a shot. You don't really know what the outcome can be, but you try it and see what happens. And so it's kind of one of those things like when it even comes with like learn sense, there's even a cost to that, right? But to kind of have the, and Stephen A. Smith says, the unmitigated goal to like walk up on somebody and tell tell me what to do and how to do it. And then, by the way, you're going to tell me for free. Mm-hmm. And so it's all of that stuff, you know, that kind of goes, that sort of boils into me, right? It's not wrong with being, co- it's not wrong with being cooperative. There's a certain extent to where that thing, right. you have to cut it off. Yeah. I mean, I think just to provide some context and maybe a tangible example, asking either one of you, like, at what point did you realize that this is what you wanted to do for a living and what, what went into that decision. That's okay. Right. Right. Um, what is not okay. That's showing genuine interest. Absolutely. absolutely. What is not okay is, Hey Paul, I'd like to know exactly where you source your beans, how long you roast them, how long you package them Mm -hmm. from when you roast them and where you're selling them. Yep. No, 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 and no. Mm -hmm. Right. So there is a proprietariness to certain things that you're doing, mm-hmm. which you they, they lose value if you disclose those. First of all, it's a totally inappropriate question. It is. Totally inappropriate mm-hmm. question. And if somebody doesn't understand that it's an inappropriate question, my belief is that they're not going to be able to execute whatever they want to try to execute right. anyway. Right. But you shouldn't answer it for a whole bunch of legal reasons, the least of which we're going to get into on this show. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we get questions all the time as lawyers, you know, representing startups and representing people in the, in the food and beverage industry. And our typical, you know, our general rule is we'll spend an hour with you, whether that's an in-person meeting or Mm -hmm. on the phone. And after that, our time's valuable. I don't have time to spend with someone for free when we have work to do for, for paying clients. And, And I think all of us have achieved some level of knowledge in our particular field that is potentially valuable and people need to be mindful of that. And I think that's probably the biggest, that's probably the biggest fire is that it's time. Right. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. your most valuable thing is time. Like, could you be sitting down writing an email to someone explaining, you know, where you get your equipment from, or could you be actually? Out could I there? be following up with a customer who's mm-hmm. interested? Then that's yeah. a whole different thing. Or even if I'm not even following up with a customer, sacrifice spending time with my family. So it's all of that stuff that kind of go. That's the biggest thing. It's like you're gonna burn my time for free. And that's another thing. Is like as a lawyer, that's a good framework of thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Is this is an hour segment. How long is it going to take me to work with you to figure out what you need to figure out? And a lot of times entrepreneurs and just as people in general, I I think we don't think of all of the knowledge we've gained along the way Mm -hmm. as subject matter expertise. Yes. Like when I was working for a government contractor, we literally hired subject matter experts. Mm -hmm. And so thinking of all of the skills you've gained as marketable skills and as knowledge that translates into into money basically mm-hmm. thinking about it that way can give you some leverage when you're talking with people and one thing that i'm running into now is now that i've closed my business mm-hmm. it was as if when i closed it it was an invitation for people around me to say oh well now we have to like get lauren's knowledge in order to um, start our own thing yeah you know i want there to be a good kombucha company in mississippi 
but also I'm thinking through this like how do I want how do I value my own time and my mm-hmm. own expertise yeah and think about uh, the the product I'm eventually helping to create yeah. if that makes sense yeah absolutely. it's something I've been thinking through a lot I don't have an answer to that right now because yeah. I'm also very busy now doing other things yeah and it's still, you know, one of my passion projects is seeing good food in Mississippi. Mm-hmm. But how is that going to look for me? Yeah. Yeah. Charge people. But how do you figure out how much to charge people? That's a that's a difficult question to answer. But I mean, advisors and consultants get paid all the time mm-hmm. to answer those types of questions. And it can come in the form of, hey, I just I want you to stroke me a check. Here's my hourly rate and we'll consult with you up to this point not to exceed y or x or whatever it is or i can be a real advisor to you and i want some ownership interest in Mm. your company that happens all the time yeah because as a matter of fact like myself i went to a couple of um like workshops and stuff um that cost me a few grand and and and, you know plane trips to do now i could have ran around and and tapped people on their shoulder and tried to pull from here and there but for me, sort of being like a business owner, I understand how valuable someone's time is. And so rather than doing that, you know, I went out to like workshops and stuff and mm-hmm. and gained the knowledge that I had there. So I paid, you know, paid a, a, a group and pulled some information from them and I, they, I was charged for it. It's sort of like trying to get something for free. And that's kind of the most, probably one of the most irritating things. And it's like really nothing's for free. And especially with something like this, because there is like a lot of little idiosyncrasies that you really just can't learn until you like get into it. Yeah. To just try to extract that from somebody and then like expect not to compensate in some kind of way. Like I said, it's 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 galling, you know, it's it's really, really irritating. Well, and I think that just reflects on the fact that people might not realize how much hard work goes into it. Mm-hmm. People don't realize how much hard work goes into a YouTube video that they get for free. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's even a YouTube video. Like, shooting one of those videos and get that thing laid out there and to edit it and all this kind of stuff, that costs time and money. And I think sometimes people get in their head that like, hey, I can just go to a local person. It'll be like an in-person YouTube for me for free. And YouTube's cost money to do that stuff. Well, and also there's the mentality as an entrepreneur of, you're constantly thinking of opportunity and trade-offs. So like, Mm -hmm. for example, someone might ask you to do something for free, but it might actually pay off because you get, you know, that exposure. We know we can die of exposure, but Mm -hmm. in some cases it might be beneficial to do that, you know? And so I think we're constantly thinking in that way. And so people see like, you know, this might be something that they could do for free Mm -hmm. because typically consultants, I feel like work behind the scenes too. They're not, as visible in terms of their labor as like a doctor, for mm-hmm. example. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like I say, it might sound like harsh in so many ways, but it's like you almost have to like get that established from the get go. Absolutely. Because otherwise you can look up and you've been burnt like a ton of time on something. And then all of a sudden there's this expectation that you can just continuously keep that up. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we've talked before about like burnout and stuff like that. That kind of stuff can add to like burnout, right? You're trying to get like other things done because there's a part of like our performance is based on us having an opportunity to recover just from like work and all this kind of stuff. You know, you hear about the work-life balance and all that stuff. And then it's almost like it's one more thing that's sort of added to the scale of like work. And then that part of that, that weight that's added to the scale doesn't even, you know, add necessarily value to 
what your business and stuff is. You do have to set boundaries early on mm-hmm. in the relationship and that that can be difficult in and of itself. I mean, yeah. it's taken us a long time to kind of figure out what those boundaries are. I mean, going back to your point, Lauren, for a long time, I was sort of of the you know opinion, we got to give, 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 give to receive. And we did a lot of giving and we received some, but at the end of the day, you know, there are a lot of people out there that just want free advice. They don't care how they're going to get it. Frankly, they don't care if it's good advice. Hmm. They just want free advice. And mm-hmm. so, you know, it's easier for us, I think, in this context as lawyers because of the attorney-client relationship yeah. and people pointing the finger saying, well, he told me to do this. And so we haven't – that's my out. My out is like, we'll give you an hour. Come tell us your story. Let us hear about what you're doing. Here's what we do. Here's who we've worked with. And if you want the relationship to move forward, I'm going to send you an engagement letter and we send out a lot of engagement letters. Mm-hmm. We get some back. Some of them we don't. But the ones we don't get back are probably billing headaches that I don't want to have to deal with later on down the road. Yeah. So in this context, it is super easy for us to box it in because we don't. I don't want the liability on the back end by somebody saying, well, the attorney-client relationship was established and you told us to do this. No, that's, that's not. We were very clear. For y'all, it's a little bit more yeah. difficult to, to box it in. But you got to figure out a way to box it in, mm-hmm. Paul, so that you don't end up in that situation <laughs> where somebody is asking for your blueprint on how to how to execute mm-hmm. how to execute the competition. Yeah. It's that and it's also like you said, it's also sort of another way to sort of weed out whether people are serious. Cause like you said, yeah. sometimes people just wanna like waste your time. And it's well, like you burn time. that's not their intention, but Yeah, that's kinda where they end up at and, and it's like you've been burnt you know, time like trying to do something out of of a friendly sense, and you know they're not taking it. They don't take it serious. They just burning up your time or something like that. Mm-hmm. And again, that's where I keep re- reverting back to. It's like again, our time is like super super valuable. Yeah. And so when somebody says, "I'm a, I want to pick your brain," it's like picking your brain. How serious are you about this? If you kind of just want some free like advice and just want to kind of waste my time doing it. It's not worth it. And a lot of times if a person's not mature, they, they don't necessarily like understand it in a sense. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's it's like you should just be telling me what I need to hear. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, if I spend all these hours telling you what you need to hear and then you just sit on it, what what happens with that time that I lost? Well, if there's one good story I can bring out of this, a successful example. Mm-hmm is that same company that I had reached out to when I was first starting my business Mm -hmm. that helped me with just general knowledge of running a fermentation business. We have been in touch over the years. I went to a fermentation festival that they put on in Alabama. (laughs) Festival for fermentation? Yeah, um, it was great. What happens with that? It's like everybody gets a... Oh, there's lots of fermentation festivals all over the country. Basically, people... I mean, come on. If there's any group of nerds that come together, like... There's a niche for everyone. Yeah. So just people that are really into fermentation come. They bring their own like homemade pickles or water kefir or yogurt. And just we all taste each other's products. And I can dig um, on this. There's y'all, like a lecturer. Sandor Katz came and talked. And you like y'all probably and don't even juice? know who Sandor Katz is. No. Shame on you. I don't. No. Um, but anyway, so we've we've maintained a friendship and we'll like a we would occasionally just commiserate to one another. Mm -hmm. And when I was thinking of closing my business, I also called because they've always been like multiple years ahead of me. And it's kind of like looking into my potential future. Mm -hmm. Um, And so they kind of listened to me, gave me some advice again. And now they're interested in bringing their products 
maybe to Jackson. Okay. And so we're working out maybe some sort of agreement where I sent them, you know, my proprietary information, which was the clients I had and notes about those clients, what Mm -hmm. products they bought. We're working out a system of like a finder's fee. So if that client purchases their product, there would be potentially, you know, some incentive for me. I mean, I probably would have done it for free for them anyways, just because I love their products and want them in Jackson, but they were the ones that offered that. Yeah, well, that's Um, cool. Well, and that shows a level of sophistication mm-hmm. because they, they realize that you should be compensated for right. that, mm-hmm. right? right. They, they know how much effort goes into building those relationships. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You, you see that in more evolved entrepreneurial ecosystems, mm-hmm. right? So there's an ex, a, sort of an expected way of doing business, and you, you see that, and that's, that's a beautiful thing. They don't yeah. want to waste your time. They want to compensate you for your time right. and your energy and your effort. And all of the work that went into, you know, gain the knowledge and the relationships that you had here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah, definitely th- worth it, though. That's a cool, I hope that works out. If I could give people advice that are maybe interested in starting a business like this would be to do something like you did, Paul, or to go go to a workshop, go to a place where people that you know do the things you're interested in will be gathering mm-hmm. and maybe pay to buy a ticket yeah. to that. Right. Go yeah. to a trade show. Yeah. Go, yeah. go to a coffee trade show. Go to a food trade show. Go to a trade show. Pay. Mm-hmm. Pay to learn something yeah. before you ask for it for free. And yeah. when I learned that networking, I'm making you know quotations, <laughs> is actually just meeting people that you find interesting and learning about what they do from like a genuinely curious perspective, that's when I was like, oh, networking is actually really cool because you can make friends and actually care about what people are doing not just like using them as rungs on a ladder Mm -hmm. and so i think that's a great place to start yeah and i think it's like it's just sort of it's like different levels to it because i've i mean do i give out advice still oh yeah i mean i don't like you know somebody walks up to me and asks me something i pull out a stopwatch and you know get have my hourly rate you know. i pull out a stopwatch <laughs> <laughs> you know have my rates on my t-shirts freaking lawyers <laughs> i have like my rates you know on my t-shirts or something and saying you know this is what gonna cost is it's like different levels to it like you can tell when like somebody's serious and they're like trying to do it and then the versus the person they're just saying hey i want to pick your brain tell me about what you do how you do it and you kind of like man I'm finna be burning. And and I'm telling this from like experience because like I've had people like who are serious and I'll give those folks like advice in a heartbeat. And they've done those things. They put in the work. They put in the time. They put in the money. Um, that's cool. It's or like if they, the other you part. can tell they're genuinely interested in what you did. Like, oh, I noticed you switched from paper bags to this other sort mm-hmm. of bag. Like, right. They've yeah. educated what was your thought process already. there? Yeah. 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 It's, the, it's, the, it's like just certain, I guess the kind of advice from that, if you're going to like ask, rather than pick somebody's brain, just ask for advice on the subject matter and be real limited on that subject matter. If you've got like 10 or 12 things that you're trying to check off a checklist, that's when you, hey, you might need to go to a workshop. Yeah. You might need to go to a trade GTFO. show. GTFO. Yeah, you might. Dig, you, yeah. yeah you've, Politely. You, yeah, of course. Right. I mean, it, it's one thing to like say, get like a piece of advice on something. I don't mind it. I've kind of picked it up like, okay, this person is serious about what they're doing. There's another thing of like, hey, basically tell me how to complete my business plan for free mm-hmm. and i can't tell you that and i don't want to tell you that i like rather be at home watching sports or something <laughs> you know what i'm saying rather than like deal with you on that thing 
Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, just for like a piece of advice or something like that, sort of like the example that you're giving there, that's one thing. But if they basically say, hey, I need you to tell me exactly what I need to do to get a fermentation business going in Mississippi. And I need you to uh, walk me around to all your clients that you have um, lost now due to you closing your business. And how did you get in there? And tell me the business owner's name. And mm-hmm. by the way, while you're over there, you, you work right down the street from these guys. Like, yeah. Can you go over there and talk to them and say, hey, I'm going to come here. And, and I tell you what, give me your address. I'm going to ship some product to you. Would you mind just delivering it over there to right. them? Right. I mean, yeah. yeah. What you know what I'm saying? Do. Yeah. It's, you gave like one thing. Like, yeah, I can do that. But if that same company were to say, I need you to do A, B, C, D, E, F, and G, and you looking like, okay. But I see, here's the thing is that people that have been through that, I yes. think know. They know it. And that's why I was talking about the different And it's people that are just genuinely like, I would love to be a kombucha brewer. And yeah. I don't know what, whatever that means to whatever person, but. I, I see this all the time. I mean, I, we get emails. I mean, we obviously work a lot in the craft beer industry. Mm-hmm. And the most common requests are, hey, I'm a home brewer. I want to start contract brewing. That's how they sound, Can Matthew? you introduce me to, well, yeah, they all look like me. <laughs> can, you, can, you intro, can you introduce me to so-and-so? Delete. Nope. No. That's one thing I found very empowering is not answering emails. I don't. I, oh, when, 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 when we get those, it is, I don't respond. It's next level. I just turned 30. Now I don't answer emails. No, oh, dude. You like And that. then, oh, like, hey, uh, we heard that you helped so-and-so raise some money. And we'd like you to introduce us to A, B, C, D, or E. Or can you get us contact information for this? Delete. Matthew I don't goes, even respond. Yep. Matthew goes, delete. See, okay. We, we, open up, we open up resources that we yeah. have, relationships sure. and information to people that do business with us. Yeah. Do not send us an email asking. Anyway, it drives me crazy, Paul. I've Matthew got stories goes, too, but I'm not going to. I think the takeaway is think like a lawyer. Yeah. Matthew uh, goes, don't delete, think like a lawyer. Reaches into his inner coat pocket, pulls out a cigarette, and lights it. I don't smoke. <laughs> I don't smoke anymore. <laughs> well, I guess like if, if we've offended a bunch of people with this episode, you can email Good. us. I want to I I end this on a high note, though. Okay. I do think it is all of our responsibilities. Yeah to help elevate the entrepreneurial ecosystem yes. within mm-hmm. Mississippi. We all benefit mm-hmm. from a more sophisticated, a more educated, and a more prepared entrepreneur. Having said that, there are boundaries. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's a great deal. summary. Yep, that's the deal. And again, I might sound like an angry black guy who's like, I don't want to help nobody out. <laughs> kick old, old Paul, old ladder kicker. It's me not plenty that. Of advice. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't a ladder kicker now. It's just like... It's, 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 there's a difference between a 20-foot ladder and a step stool. Mm. I hand your step stool. But, man, I, I ain't going to be on a 20-foot ladder and tell you where to get the ladder from and loan you the money to buy the ladder. I'm not going to do it. Hell no. No. I can do that, but, you know, it's going to cost you a fee. Well, I want to hear from people if they've ever given away free advice and regretted it or if they've ever had a successful brain-picking moment. You can email us at our new email address, smallbatchpodcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at smallbatchpodcast. And I'm at Lauren Rhodes on social media. I'm at Bean Fruit Coffee. And I'm at Jackson McLaughlin. Thanks for listening to Small Batch. We'll catch you on our next episode.